Wen and I want to express our gratitude for every one of our listeners. Thank you for being a part of this podcast and sharing this space with us each week. We are now offering an opportunity to work with Wen or myself individually in a deeper look towards what's true about life and who you really are. If you'd like to know more, email me or Wen for more details. In a three-day dive under the noise, anything is possible. Let's find out. Now on to the podcast. Welcome. This podcast is an exploration into being human and what's possible when there's less attention on the noise in our heads. Warning. While listening to this broadcast, you may experience moments of deep peace, sighs of relief, personal insights, or long stretches of dead air. Do not be afraid. This is normal. Under the Noise with Wynne Morgan and Kate Roberts. Welcome to this week's Under the Noise with me, Wynne Morgan, and my wonderful co-host, Kate Roberts. Hello, Kate. Hey, Wynne. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm good. How are you doing? I'm really well, thanks very much. I have stopped laughing since our conversation that we had since we started recording, <laughs> but it won't last. I, I obviously have not stopped laughing. <laughs> Maybe we'll let everyone in on that joke in a moment. So we had an email from one of our super listeners, I think we'll call this person. We did. So why don't you share what uh, what you heard or, or got from the email? Not in this person's words, but they really wanted us to chat about personal limits, feeling like, you know what you feel like when you've reached your limit. Like I can't handle anymore. And, but at the same time, realizing that we're creating these limits, you know, in our, you know, using thought and creating these limits. And then this fear on top of that, basically, well, if I realize that I'm creating my limits, then I won't have any limits. And then I'll just jump right into overwhelm and take it so far that I'm completely overwhelmed mentally and physically. And that's really what our listener wanted us to chat about is this idea of I, I've hit my limit on what I can do. And I think it's a, it's a good topic because there's these layers of stories that we have, right? So not only do we have the story where I can't do anymore. I've hit my limit, which is a story because you're doing it. And so you obviously haven't hit your limit yet because in reality, you're still going. But then the story of, well, I know it's just my thought. So if I know that, then I'll just keep going basically until I burn out completely. If I actually saw that it was created by thought I would just keep going forever so you've got that story on top of it and so I think it's a honestly I read it and I was like yeah that could be really cool for us to explore what showed up for you well this is how much of an idiot I am about limits 
I've run out of fuel in my car twice in my life. Now, once in France, I could be kind of like, we tried to fill up the car twice and the places were closed and it ran out of fuel half a mile before the, the next fuel stop. But I also remember back in, I don't know what year this would have been, maybe 2001 or 2002 or something like that. So it's 20 odd years ago, but I remember very vividly. I didn't think my car could run out of fuel because I thought it hadn't happened before, even though five or six years earlier it had in France, but this, my car is different from the, you know. And it was just weird that I needed to prove to myself that there was such a thing as an empty fuel tank in my car. So consequently, my car came to a, a rolling halt on the side of the motorway, as we call them here in the UK, and the freeways in the US. So on the, um, I don't know what you call them in the, in the US, but we call them hard shoulders here. It's the, um, it's the lane, the, like the safety lane next to the slow lane that in most uh, motorways yeah. here. What? Same. We just call it the shoulder, yeah. Oh, okay, the shoulder, which is continuous in most of the roads here in the UK, most of the motorways here. Um, and, uh, well, there I was, didn't make it to my meeting because I had to, first of all, get and, and walked to a, a fuel stop, which was about two or three miles away, then get one of those, um, little cans with a few gallons in it and then take it back to the car, put that in the car and didn't do it because if the pump is empty, then the pump needs to be like massaged back into life, which I didn't know there was such a thing, nor how to do it. So, yeah, the rescue uh, people were called. And, you know, an hour and 45 minutes, and I was on the side of the road. Not my smartest move. Now, I'm not saying that we are the same as the car. But at the same time, if I tried to go for a week without sleep. I'd be doing something a bit weird there. I'd go beyond the limits of what's wise. Because here's the thing that I, I, I often hear when, when people say what, what you've just read out in the email, even though they were your words, not exactly what this person wrote to us about. Well, because it's thought creating my reality and it's therefore thought that's creating my limits, I should be able to push through. Well, uh, who said? That's, a, that's thought too. That says that we should push through. That doesn't make any sense. There is such a thing as wisdom, thankfully, which is, hey, I'm getting close to my limit. It's time for a vacation. It's time for me to go to bed. I am not going to do this staying awake for seven nights challenge in seven days. It's <laughs> smart, right? Now, I'm not going to try that, but it's the kind of thing back then when I was kind of like betting with myself that my car can run out of fuel, which wasn't really what I what really happened, but I was being very lackadaisical about it. But I, I wouldn't do that now. How long can I stay awake for the stay awake challenge? I mean, it would be pretty, you know, um, what would the word be? Juvenile. 
thing for me to do. And I'm very up for juvenile things. Um, sometimes I might even admit them. But the key thing is, is that the feeling of limits might be telling us something really helpful, really helpful. I remember Michael Neal first talking about this and it's going back to the car and that metaphor, which is um, next to that shoulder here and in your part of the world, there's bumps put in that road, rumble strips. And they're there to say, hey, don't waver. My car right now gives me a little beep if I'm moving too close to the edges of the lanes. Electronically, it'll know. I don't know how, and I don't really care how, but it's kind of cool that it does. So for some reason, I'm pressing, I'm putting my thumb on the change the radio station, or I'm putting my attention on something else, and all of a sudden, I'm turning my uh, the steering wheel and I get close to the edge of the lane I'm in when I'm on a three-lane or four-lane motorway, then it'll beep at me to say, hey, go back, and it'll actually nudge nudge me back towards the middle on the steering wheel. It's just helpful now I've got used to it, annoying earlier on, because I thought I wanted to be in control of the car. No car is telling me how to drive, thanks very much. But the bigger point is, and what that I think is getting to is that there are little warning signs that we have that are telling us, hey, maybe it's time to kind of like slacken off a little bit. Maybe I am getting close to my limit. Maybe I am going to be getting close to overwhelm in the future. Be careful here. Take a break. Stop saying yes to everything, maybe. And to me, it's when my sense of humor goes, when not everything is funny or I'm not listening particularly well to someone or with clients, then I have less compassion than I would do normally. Mm. Or I get self-conscious. Those to me are kind of like my classic four rumble strips that are telling me, take it easy for a bit. Take it easy for a bit. And uh, I've just thought of one more actually that I do. I have coffee late in the day saying, you know, we're recording at 5 p.m. my time. This is coffee. It's telling me if I'm having coffee at 5 p.m., I've probably got a lot of work to do tonight. That might not have been the smartest thing to have scheduled. Oh, well, I guess one day I might learn. So that's what comes to mind straight away. Well, the things occurred to me when you were sharing that, like, how cool is it and I know it's hard, like when you're in situations where you do feel, you know, exhausted to really appreciate how we're creating all the time with thought, like the simple gift that it is that these thoughts and, and you know, I think a lot of times we're not necessarily aware of them, but there's a bunch of thought that okay, now it's all on me and now I need to do these things. And, and this is when we get into a feeling of, oh, I've hit my limit, right? Because those thoughts look really real and we move from that. Our behavior comes directly from that experience of thought. And then the next minute, 
we can realize, oh my gosh, I, I thought it was all on me and got myself all kind of overwhelmed. And, you know, maybe I, I need to reach out for some help or just not do as much or kind of limit that. And then we create from that space. Or all of a sudden, we're like, you know, I'm not sure what my limits are. And then all of, all of a sudden, you find this like, I don't know, extra gear that you switch into that all of a sudden you find that you're, you're doing things you never even imagined you'd be able to do. And then another one where you're all, all of a sudden starting to really see the effect of all of this on your, your body and your mind and, and you realize, oh, I need to stop. And so you stop. And then another thought where if I stop, I won't get back up and I won't get done. And so you get up again. Like we're constantly in this, this creative energy of thought, which is amazing. And what's really neat is when we notice it. We're not just moving from thought and what looks real in the moment. Sometimes we actually notice what we're doing and what thoughts look really real. Like, man, this is all on me. I got a lot to do. When we notice that, we feel it in our bodies and it becomes heavier. That's really the powerful gift of noticing, I think, is when we really get to see what's in keeping with your analogy, what's driving the car at the moment. Yeah. Which is a, a huge gift. Maybe one of the most amazing gifts as human beings is that we get to notice what's driving. We get to wonder about it, question it, even. I just don't think wisdom ever feels like overwhelm. Yeah. Very true. Or it, it is a slow down, take a break voice. More than that. Because I think there's a difference between I've reached my limit and overwhelm. Subtle, but in my mind, there's a difference between the two. Yeah. I think I've reached my limit sounds like wisdom. Yeah, yeah. really wise. And also realizing that at different times, our limit might be different. There's not like, we have this need to like hold on to, okay, this is the limit and we hold it and we shine it and oh yeah, this is it. But we don't realize that that changes as well. But that's fluid, that limit. Sometimes we can do less than others. And sometimes we can do more than we thought. It's very fluid. Mm -hmm. I love how we like to hold on to these things that are true in certain moments. Even, you know, if we're able to see them, then we like grab hold of them and forget that each moment's different. Each day. You know, there's something that I feel like that I'm starting to see that I, me personally, I hadn't seen its value until recently. And still, I don't see it a lot. I, uh, I started to go back 
and read my journals, like the things that I have written before I found the principles, before I met you. Oh man, was I busy. <laughs> my mind was so busy. I really, and it all comes from a really beautiful place. I'm not judging. I'm just, but I thought joy was on me to create. Mm -hmm. Peace, somehow that was on me. Solutions. And I hadn't seen yet that none of those things are really for me to do, to create to hold on to, as if it could get away. At, at any moment, peace and joy could get away from me. So I was gonna write the crap out of this thing and get to the bottom of it, yeah. I was very busy in my mind. And another thing that, and this is kind of what I was referring to that has started to become more prominent I have very little gentleness and compassion for myself. I could find that for anybody. Mm. But not, not for myself. I was not very gentle with myself. And when I think about our, you know, our listener who sent the email, not to give advice, but I would want them to know just how amazing it is when you find that kind of gentleness and compassion for yourself. Just slight moments, maybe sometimes, just to give yourself a break. But sometimes, you know, like hitting our limit. Sometimes that looks like not even getting out of bed. And maybe that's okay too. Maybe that's wisdom. You said so much then, Kate, you know, the realization that you had that it's not on you to make joy happen for you. The other thing that I sometimes think it's easy for us to forget is that it's not on us to find joy and peace for other people too. Mm. <laughs> And therefore, it can easily become our job to make everyone else feel okay. Be okay. At uh, sometimes our detriment. It's something to notice. And I don't know how much of that I'm making up from the, from the email. But I know that that can be from personal experience, what that is like in trying it, in having decided innocently that someone else's okayness depends upon me stretching myself way beyond my limits. And there's the fallacy at the beginning of that sentence, which is no, their okayness is there. And then the logistics of life are far easier if I'm not having the weight of the responsibility of being the peacemaker and the joy finder in everyone else's life while I'm busily running around. 
spinning everyone else's emotional plates and keeping them up up in the air. I mean, it's just a, a false premise. Thankfully, then I just get to do my best moment by moment. I'm less likely to get ahead of myself and then think about all the other things that I need to do later on today or tomorrow or this week, which is one way that I describe overwhelm. It's thinking about everything else I have to do between now and the end of time all at once. That's overwhelm. And slap on. I need to, to make everyone else happy on top of that. That's overwhelm. Impossible. Never was my job. Never was my job to do all of my future activities now. Never was my job to make me nor anyone else happy. In the space that that allows, <laughs> when I remember that. But I also remember thinking that therefore that would make me um, selfish and that would make me ignorant and all that kind of stuff. And it just hasn't been true. But I had to find that out for myself and see that for myself that in fact I had more capacity for empathy and compassion and listening when I had less on my mind less of the burden of everything in that previous list on my mind I want to go back to something else that you've said as well about yeah sometimes the best we can do is stay in bed I know what that's like firsthand but you know for for days I remember saying to somebody sometime this year, if someone is depressed, I'm impressed if they stay in bed. I'm impressed if they get up. I'm impressed if anyone does anything in that state of feeling burnt out, depressed, overwhelmed. Not that being impressed is the goal or anything like that, but I know how challenging that can be. So something else that you said about having compassion for ourselves can be a very important thing. And if it wasn't for all the thinking I had about me and life and me and me and me and me, then compassion would have shown up an awful lot more quickly with more abundance if I hadn't bought into all the thinking I had about me and my life when I was struggling. I think I still have a lot more to say around it not being on me to create joy for other people. But that's huge. Especially for people that were able to drop into that joyful space a lot. I think we people gravitate towards that, right? And so we end up attracting people that that will somehow agree with us that it's on us <laughs> to create their joy, right? So if you attract people that love your joy or that want to share that with you, it's very easy for you both to get into a a situation or for multiple people to, to think it's on you too. Yeah. Codependency. Yeah. Yeah. It can be very subtle and very strong at the same time. 
makes me really appreciate people like you being a part of this podcast that I get to see that and be in conversations that were mine. So thanks, Mike. No, thank you. Thank you. So do you think we've reached our limit on limits? <laughs> and to bring some limit? levity back in. Because <laughs> it's my job to make you laugh. Exactly. Come on, man. <laughs> it's totally on you. <laughs> yeah. Having so. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to Under the Noise. I'm Kate Roberts, and I'm here with Wynn Morgan. If you have topics that you would love for us to chat about, please reach out. We love these. And thank you to our listener who emailed us about hitting our limits today. That was great. Uh, our details follow the podcast if you want to reach out or email us. And um, hope you have a great week. Thanks for joining us. We'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and review. If you have a topic or question that you'd like us to chat about, email Wynn or Kate at win at winning.co.uk and kate at katerobertscoaching.com. Until then, enjoy what's possible under the noise.